You're listening to the Workforce Wise podcast from Equifax, where we help you better manage your workforce by saving time, reducing risk, and focusing on increasing profits. Hello, and welcome to the Workforce Wise podcast. I'm your host, Jason Forey. Today, we're going to be talking about what employers and HR professionals need to be thinking about as we head out of the pandemic closures that we're currently in and start opening businesses and businesses start returning to their workplaces. And where we're sitting right now, a lot of businesses are starting to open up or starting the process of bringing employees back. So I think it's a great time for us to dive into some issues that HR professionals really do need to start thinking about. I'm joined by Eric Schepler, who's a VP in our organization and works with many of our largest employers and is working with them now to help better understand how to best prepare that return to work strategy. Thank you for joining us today, Eric. Thank you, Jason. So, Eric, you know, in January of 2020, it was a different time than it is today. We were all thinking the hardest thing that's going to happen in worksite enforcement or I-9 specifically is going to be that they're going to issue a new form and everybody's got to start using it. So that all changed in February and March, but it's important that we just still acknowledge and mention that that new form is out there and needs to be used now. So the form that was out previously or the previous version of the form had an expiration date. USCIS went a little bit past the expiration date when they issued the new form, but employers had to start using that new form May 1st. So we need just to make sure that all employers know there's a new copy of the form out there. It has a revision date of 10-21-2019, and that's the form that employers should be using. Now, if an employer is using an electronic system like the one I-9 Equifax Workforce Solutions has, they don't have to worry about it because we've already updated those forms way ahead of schedule in the systems and they're already using that new form. But just as a note to employers who may still be using paper or a PDF of that form, make sure you're using that new form. Now, Eric, let's talk about where we are today. The whole world changed in February and March for a lot of employers out there as they had to start closing down their businesses and a lot of their employees started either working from home or not coming into the office regularly to work. And that caused a lot of disruption for HR, but also caused a lot of disruption in the onboarding process for HR, specifically in the Form I-9 and I-9 compliance. So I know that DHS, and ICE and USCIS have all issued some different guidelines for I-9 completion. Eric, can you talk to us a little bit about what those guidelines are and what they mean for our employer clients and for employers out there in general? Yeah, thank you for the question. And again, thank you for having me here today. Um, you know, what I, what I think we're finding in many of our clients and working with them is that we're really in an environment that we've never seen before. Um, as, as you may be aware, you know, there were some relaxation efforts where the USCIS had allowed us to, you know, all employers, um, if you were not in the workplace, you could complete your I-9 using a virtual method, um, which is previously not something that's ever been done. So we, we found our, our situation in which we had about a 30-day period that ranged from April 19th through May 19th, uh, where we could have, you know, employers that weren't in their office could hire remotely, could onboard remotely, and could subsequently have those I-9s completed and begin employment for their new hires. Um, and again, it continues to be an ever-changing situation. 
just recently, uh, earlier this month, um, the DHS came back in and extended that, that, that deadline even further to June 19th. So I think what we're really finding is that there's a lot of I-9s that are being completed with this virtual completion as a result of COVID. There's a very specific way in which the DHS has asked that that be done, which again is, is all included within our solution. And, you know, to the tune of more than 45,000 I-9s are being completed virtually. So a lot of our employers are still hiring. They're out there solving their clients' needs in a way that's just very new and very dynamic when we talk about the I-9 solutions. I know. And if you had asked me six months ago if we would have ever been in a situation where we would have <laughs> seen a virtual completion of a Form I-9, I would have said, there's no way. It's absolutely crazy. They'll never allow that. And yet, here we are in a world where that word that ICE had always hated, Skype, and that process mm -hmm. that is a little bit weird, so maybe looking and seeing documents, getting them faxed over to you, is really a reality for a lot of businesses as they're using this virtual process. To get even more out of today's episode, make sure you get your free tools like webinars, ebooks, videos, and more at equifax.com wise. So I know you mentioned some stats around the numbers that have been completed. And can you talk a little bit more about what you see our clients experiencing as they're doing those virtual completions? How's it working out for them? How, what does that experience look like? Yeah, no, great question. Um, so, yeah, when we talk about how things are different, right, it's a seamless solution within our I-9 management platform. So from a compliance standpoint, we're helping our clients in a, in a number of ways. Uh, what it means, though, for our client base and, and for anyone out there hiring and completing these I-9s virtually is that there will still need to be a visual inspection of those I-9s. There will need to be a, a person that puts a set of eyes on the documents. Um, this is something that we've tried to really prepare and work with a lot of our clients on to try to help them anticipate what do we do next. Um, you know, right now, the DHS has said that within three business days of normal business operations, um, that those I-9s will need to be visually inspected. You know, I mentioned the number of total I-9s, but we have some customers out there um, that have in excess of 4,000 I-9s. Uh, the sheer logistics of trying to complete 4,000 I-9s in a matter of three days is something that we're finding our clients are really asking for us to help. Um, which I'm happy, you know, as we go through this to talk a little bit about how we're solving some of those challenges. And that's really a great point. I mean, when you first think about the virtual completion method, it seems like, oh, yeah, that's great. That's easy. That's something we can take care of. But it's really the devil's in the details when we start talking about that second piece, which is the manual or in-person step for that Section 2 completion that still has to take place. And I think a lot of employers may not understand that that is still their reality, that those I-9s that they completed virtually still have to have that manual inspection done for and that Section 2 signed off on after they come back to work. And like you said, we can have clients with hundreds or even thousands of I-9s that have stacked up and a very short time frame to get those done. So can you talk a little bit to me about how the clients that you're working with are planning for or getting ready for what will be a huge increase in their workload in a very short period of time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I appreciate that. Um, 
You know, what we're finding with many of our clients um, in, you know, the reason that we have, you know, the solutions in place that we do is that we focus so largely around compliance that when we talk about, you know, the details and getting into those is understanding how do we still have purge rules that will apply? How do we make sure that we are not creating duplicate I-9s? How do we not send secondary requests to e-verify when we don't need to be and shouldn't be? Um, so we're, we're having a lot of a lot of success with our clients and where we're helping our clients the most is that we're continuing to focus on those, those what I could say is small details, but critical details to ensure that we're helping our customers um, continue to be in a compliant situation. What I would also tell you is our I-9 Anywhere solution has been a tremendous help in terms of how we can help solve for this remote onboarding. And so what we have the ability to do is we can work within our local completer network, which is a solution that has, you know, in excess of 1,300 physical locations around the country. And what we're able to do in this specific case with the virtual um, completion is we can identify that subset of individuals and new hires that have come in. Um, so for that half of the customers that are looking to virtually complete during this pandemic, following that in the virtual completion, they can use this local completer network to complete them. It's a one-on-one -on -one interaction. It's an opportunity to go locally. So within a few miles of where you reside, as opposed to coming into the office and especially when these offices are closed or when they're reopening. Yeah, and I think that's a great point too, to have that network that there that's available and just ready. And one other thing that we like to talk about is that those are trained completers. So all those things that you mentioned that is not just section two, since both mm -hmm. they've got a system behind them that helps make sure they're compliant. And then we have a network of trained completers who can kind of handle those situations that may be either one-offs or not a normal combination of documents to do section two completion. They're ready for that. So instead of having to stop, take 20 minutes, research, figure out, look to see, make sure we understand before that section two is completed. If you're an employer, having that trained network, I would imagine can really help employers when they're moving through that process to make sure that it's done, done correctly and done quickly. To get even more out of today's episode, make sure you get your free tools like webinars, ebooks, videos, and more at equifax.com slash wise. In a world where a lot of these seem to be have going to have to be resolved in a three-day period. Since we're talking about some other things outside of Section 2, I know that I've read some information about List B documents. So when we're completing Section 2, some of those documents that prove identity are generally something like a driver's license or a state-issued identification card, and those are what we call List B documents. Since we're in a place, too, where a lot of government offices have been shut down, some employees may not have been able to update or have those expired pieces of documentation made new again or get, you know, updated with new valid dates. So we're in a place where a lot of those list B documents may have expired. The government's issued some information and regulations around expired list B documents, and it can be a little bit confusing, but it really boils down to there's two buckets that employers are looking at. The first bucket 
is where the state extended out those expiration dates automatically and said, hey, if they expire during this time period, we're going to extend them out to another time period, and they're all going to be valid through then. If that was the stance that the state took, then the employer can take that list B document and use it as a list B document and then doesn't need to do any additional follow-up. However, if the state didn't automatically extend and that, let's say, a driver's license or ID card expired, then the employer can still take that expired driver's license or ID card, but will also need to make sure that when the employee gets a new driver's license or ID card, that they update that information with the new dates and any new information that's on the card. And that kind of satisfies that list B or section two piece that the employer has to take care of. So just an extra little ripple of complexity that really falls into two buckets. One bucket, if they were automatically extended by the jurisdiction, then the employer can take it as a valid document, Second bucket, if they weren't automatically extended, then they can take that expired document as a receipt, but we'll need to update it when the employee gets that new document. So that's a little bit in the weeds, but it only goes to show that having that trained network of completers is really a valuable thing for employers to have. Because if you've got somebody that knows the rules and knows how to put the information into the system and what information they're looking for, it's a lot easier. And it's a lot easier for your employee, too. So instead of asking a lot of questions that the employee has to answer or making the employee go back and find some additional information, having that trained completer network that, you know, Eric, you talked a lot about when we talk about I-9 Anywhere, really is both a help for the employer, because the information is done, done correctly, done accurately, and on time, but it's also a better experience for the employee. So a little bit more about what is going to happen when either the employer goes back to work or the Governing bodies, in their infinite wisdom, pull back the dates or say, you know, we're no longer going to allow you to do virtual inspections. So can you, Eric, tell me a little bit about what an employer may face as that time period comes to an end? Yeah, it's a great great question. I appreciate, um, again, the clarification, right? And, and thinking about when we help our customers through this COVID period, um, and helping to remain compliant, it's really a, a much bigger overarching look at how we really can help their onboarding and suite of onboarding services as we go forward. So we focus today a lot on I-9. Um, but what I would tell you is that immediately following the, the, the end of the relaxation of these requirements, meaning we have to do a visual inspection of the I-9 Section 2 at, the, at that initial time of hire and within the first three days of hire, um, what we're finding is that as a lot of our employers and customers are moving to a remote workforce, our solution is already there and waiting for them, right? So while we're helping them with a specific challenge that they have right now, we're also introducing to them a solution that's going to help them within their remote workforce on a go-forward basis. And I think as we see this evolve, we'll be able to help work with our clients and in many cases already have to address other onboarding um, components, whether that be a state form compliance, whether that looks at the work opportunity tax credit and a number of other compliant related solutions that we have. So I think as we come out of this pandemic, we're gonna have a period of I-9s needed to be completed within three days. 
I think we'll go back to that as the standard. And I think we're in a very unique position to help our customers both in the short term and the long term. Yeah, and I think that that's a great point. To get even more out of today's episode, make sure you get your free tools like webinars, ebooks, videos, and more at equifax.com slash wise. You know, I know that I've seen in the past probably months or at least two weeks, a lot of very large companies announcing that, you know, they're going to extend their work from home policies or remote policies indefinitely. And that if it's easier for an employee to work from home, they're okay letting that employee work from home. So I think that this interesting time that we've been in and kind of currently are sitting in has really opened employers' eyes to the assets and abilities of their employees to be able to both be productive and produce good work from a home office or a remote setting. So, like I said, I know I've seen several large companies announcing that their work from home policies are going to be in place indefinitely. And that, like I said, those employees can work from home as long as they want to work from home. So I think that that creates another interesting situation for employers when we're talking about an entire work staff or maybe an entire organization or section of an organization that may be 100% remote 100% of the time, which then means you may never see those employees. And you may never see them, especially during the onboarding package. And I think that's kind of an interesting point and an interesting kind of outtake of where we are today and a learning that a lot of employers have had and something that HR and HR professionals will have to be able to be ready for and be ready for in a compliant way. Because a lot of these things that we're talking about are very compliance focused. And I know we haven't mentioned ICE a lot, but ICE is still the agency that is in charge of compliance and in charge of enforcing compliance for Anans. And even during this time period, we've gotten consistent messaging from ICE that, you know what, we are still going to be auditing for Anans. So make sure that you are following the regulations and make sure you're following the regulations correctly and that everything you're doing is done in a compliant manner. Because as soon as they come out of um, the temporary guidance time period that we're currently in, they will move back into an enforcement posture, which means those notices of intent that may have gotten sent to employers will become due. So that's another thing that employers need to be thinking about, and those will have the same response times. So no additional time after the expiration of the extensions. And ICE will become, again, a very important consideration for employers when they're thinking about worksite enforcement and especially when they're thinking about Form I-9 compliance. Um, And I know that we've heard from the agency that they are still monitoring and focused on making Form I-9 compliance something that is thought of as soon as an employer fills out that form the same way that they feel when they fill out their income tax returns that it is important the information is valid, and then it may be checked by the federal government that has the agency that has jurisdiction over it, which again is ICE. So I think that that point, Eric, is really important. So can you talk for just a couple minutes about Anon Anywhere, the solution that we have in the marketplace, how it helps employers who may be switching to an all-remote workforce, or at least giving their employees the opportunity to choose work from home instead of coming in in person? 
Yeah, absolutely, Jason. And, you know, so the I9 Anywhere solution, as we talked about, it, it allows for either a seamless integrated solution with many of our HRIS partners and ATS partners, um, where that new applicant information can be brought in, you know, um, synced in with our system and can subsequently create um, you know, the opportunity for a new hire to electronically come in, complete a section one, you know, remotely, right, from their home, from any device. And as they complete that, they'll, they'll then immediately process through to be able to go into a scheduling tool. And the scheduling tool really allows them to then select where's the nearest location. So the, as we talked about before, there is a, a robust network of trained professionals, um, that are in locations all over the country. And those individuals are there so that they can help us uh, obtain that section too. So the individuals will go through that scheduling process. And that again will be communicated within the first three days of business, right? So as we look at how that I-9 Anywhere solution is helping our clients in this remote world that we're entering into, um, they really have the ability then for their, for their employee to go in complete that onboarding experience, complete that section two with a trained professional. And then all of it from there is then completed behind the scenes. And as we talked about before with the importance around compliance, you know, through power of the work number and through many other means that we have, we have the ability to then ensure that there is compliance with that I-9 throughout its life cycle. Um, so if that employee leaves, uh, we have the ability to see that and purge that I-9 as appropriate. The same as we have the ability to, to continue to use the retention roles that we have in place. So from end to end, this solution really allows a dynamic ability for our customers today and other employers that are not yet utilizing the solution to really shift gears as they have this remote workforce put in place. So it's really been a very, very powerful tool that many of our customers are taking advantage of. Thanks, Eric. And it's great to hear that that solution is out there and so well positioned for employer clients to both handle where we are today in the world, but also well positioned to help them for whatever HR may be as we come back out of this response to the current pandemic. Eric, I want to thank you for being with us today to help our employer clients walk through this process. For listeners out there who may want even more helpful information, head over to our show notes for a link to grab your copy of our recent ebook with even more tips on navigating off-site Form I-9 compliance. Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard today, be sure to subscribe to the Workforce Wise podcast. And don't forget to download your free tools at equifax.com wise. While you're there, check out our other episodes and sign up for our live tech demo to see our solutions in action. And to keep our lawyers happy, you should know the information provided on the Workforce Wise podcast is intended as general guidance and not intended to convey specific tax or legal advice. For tax or legal information pertaining to your company and its specific facts and needs, please consult your own tax advisor or legal counsel. The views expressed are those of the discussion leaders and do not necessarily reflect official positions of Equifax. Investor analysts should direct inquiries using the Contact Us box on the Investor Relations section at Equifax.com.